0: Hello, and a very warm welcome to Gelato's Parlor. Now, on this episode, we got a very special guest, and I've spent so long trying to get this guy, trying to pin him down, because he's extremely busy all the time. And he's, uh, he can be an elusive sod as well. It's, uh, one of my best mates, Mr. Leo Green. How are you, pal?
1: Sorry, I was just being elusive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. i oh, good,
1: how are you? That was a great start.
0: Yeah, that's him all over. But I'll just introdu- uh, introduction to, to Leo, if those who don't know who he is, which I'd be very surprised. Um, he's worked with such greats. Uh, he's a great saxophone player, so he's worked with such greats as Van Morrison, Jerry Lee Lewis. Who else, mate? Come on, I can't remember. Well, um,. I've got a CV that makes me sound like I'm 85
1: years old because I've got <laughs> got to play with a lot of people who unfortunately are no longer with us. But uh, yeah, when I was 18 they're I started They're no longer off, with anybody. Well, that's what they tell me because they're not <laughs> returning my calls, but I started <laughs> off with uh, with Jerry Lee Lewis and he still is around and I spent 2 years with him uh then i did some stuff with jeff beck and then uh, as you say i joined van morrison when i was about 20 21. did uh, eight or nine years with him then uh moved on did some time a couple of years with jules holland uh playing with lots of people in between did a, a couple of tours with lisa stansfield who was lovely uh some things with marty polo and just you know the phone goes uh, I've got a figure to maintain and those restaurant <laughs> bills don't pay themselves, so off I go, you know. But mate,
0: um, unbelievably right, Leo's career, is, is he's told you what he's done, all these star studied things, and we'll, we'll come to that in a minute, but he's also uh, an entrepreneur, he's put on the Blues Festival. How many years have you done that, mate? Uh, this is our 10th year, so we started off uh, in clubs like the 100
1: Club and the Jazz Cafe, and uh, it, we've moved along, we then went to Shepherd's Bush and Hammersmith and the Royal Albert Hall, we've ended up, uh, this is his, we've done about four or five years down at the O2 for three nights, which you've graced the stage down there with us.
0: Well, I graced the stage when it was at the Albert Hall. You did, yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. With all the, it was a fantastic thing there because it was all the little rooms, all That's the off rooms. Right, yeah,
1: lovely, lovely.
0: So, he, yeah, but he's, he, he, but you've done you've done so much, mate. Honestly, and just, just 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 these are just introduction really before we get onto the juicy stuff. <laughs> but also, Leo was. Uh, he, he, he took over Ronnie, the running of Roddy Scott's when, uh, right, Pete yeah. King, well, well, when Pete King sold it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we get on that. But you also, the, the current thing you're doing is the Leo Green Orchestra with great artists like Beverly Knight and yeah, uh, these... That's right, you know, yeah, it's,
1: that's been fun. It's something I didn't really expect to happen but uh, the last couple of years we've done uh, a lot of different projects for Radio 2 celebrating great songbooks. So we've done, as you say, one with Beverly singing the Stevie Wonder stuff. We did uh, uh, one with Imelda May doing a lot of Celtic stuff. We did... Tom Chaplin from Keene doing the, the Freddie Mercury Queen stuff, so it's, that's been fun.
0: What about the black, you're doing black, Tony Blackbird as well on the road, don't you?
1: Yeah, we're, we're going around this with a smaller band, eight-piece band, uh, we're taking his radio show, Sounds of the 60s, around the theatres, he talks about what he was up to in the 60s, so it's not, it's not boring, it's not about, and in 1963 and so-and-so recorded this, he talks about the pirate ships and starting Radio 1, and, and then we play a
0: lot of songs, which is great fun. But you know, mate. You know, I've known you for so many years, and we can get into that in a minute. But for, for, for a guy, you, so Leo, you've got four kids. Apparently, right? yeah. You've got four kids. Yeah, there was four when I left and, the house this
1: morning.
0: That's <laughs> right. And, I, and I, you've got to get this all the time. On this, on this gelato's pilot with But I'm so glad to have you on because the, the point is, you you've just got boundless energy. And I don't know how you do it. Entrepreneur, saxophone player, band leader. You're putting all these people on. It's, uh, it's. You know, the, the business needs needs people like you. You know, it's it's, it's amazing what you're you're uh, you're driving all you know well I, I guess it's this is a result of what happens if you don't pay attention at
1: school I mean when people say to me oh hello I'm so and so who are you and I say I'm Leo they say oh what do you do I never know what to say you know you you meet people at the kids school and the parent evening and I never know what to say I still don't know
0: what I want to be when I grow up <laughs> and that's the truth I still don't know, no. you know? <laughs> and we didn't mention as well obviously you know our, well, well we'll get to it in a minute how we met but um your, your your dad was the great Benny Green, a fantastic broadcaster as well. That's right. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, who who, who I've got to know Benny very very well through for our relationship. Yeah. I remember it. But just just quickly, but while we while we got on there, how did how did you and I meet? What happened?
1: Oh, well, there's a story. Dover Street
0: Wine bar, wasn't it?
1: We, uh, yeah. yeah. I was about uh, I think I was 18. It was a summer I left school and I just started working with a band called Tiger Lily at Dover Street, which at the time used to have a lot of swing and R and B bands. And uh, I was coming down the stairs, and there was a picture on the wall of a bloke jumping in through the air with a saxophone. I, said, I was with my brother. I said, who's that? He went, oh, that's a bloke called Ray Gelato. And an
0: oversized suit, wasn't it? He, well, I didn't want to say, <laughs> but yeah.
1: He said, that's a guy called Ray Gelato. And I said, Ray Gelato. And as I come down the stairs and said your name, you, there you were sitting there with, with some people. And my brother went, oh, that's him over there. I went, oh, right. What's he doing? And then he, my brother told me, and uh, so I think a mutual friend introduced us. And then you said to me, you sat and you heard the gig, and you said, well, I'm doing a gig tomorrow night at the bass clef, you said. Come along and sit in. Wow. And, and I went along and sat in. And the I, bass
0: clef was in Oxford, <coughs> wasn't it? That's right. It's not not no longer there. I a the club. ripper street. <laughs> it? it was a
1: lovely club, wasn't it? It was a not, nice rooms. But um, you said, come and sit in. I went and sat in, and we played a few tunes, and we just...
0: Uh, kind of go on, didn't we? You know, but the thing is, yeah, but the, I'd heard about you. Someone said, there's this young Crime guy. They it? said, this this young guy that looks like a younger version of you, right? Because people often think we're Hugh, brothers. Hugh who? <laughs> Hugh, you. Oh, you. me. I'm you or you're me? Hugh Grant. <laughs> and, uh, and they said, great guy, great saxophone plays, amazing. So I popped out and saw you and I was just, not joking, astounded by the, the energy uh, of what you did and the, the playing. And then when I knew you were Benny's boy, you know, it was amazing. But the other point is the, uh, the sound. You've always had this huge, deafening, (laughs) fantastic sound, it's your trademark, that sound.
1: I I never thought anything about it, I never planned to have that sound, I just, you know, i would grown up listening to certain records that had certain saxophone players on who made big sounds and I think when I first started doing gigs at sort of 15, 16, it was with a lot of rock bands in local pubs where I I grew up and there, there wasn't any monitoring, it was like a couple of speakers out front and you've got two guys going at it on the guitars, and so you had to be loud, otherwise, yeah. you, you know, we
0: can't hear you, there's no point
1: in being here, you're not going to get paid. But so. it's not
0: just loud, it's rich and uh, fantastic. I've always gone for that sort of sound myself, although maybe a bit of an earlier version, but yeah. you always remind me of, of Clarence Clemens, who you've, you, yeah. you, 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 yeah. you know, you don't copy it, but that's simply, you've, who you've played with. Have we actually, tell him, just tell him the little story well, about Clarence Clemens. I'll, We've got hundreds of these I'll, I'll take it back before the story, back.
1: actually, because the guy that, that i was obsessed with as a kid and listened to the record the same record all the time was was a guy called big j mcneely well, sure. who, who you know and we like, saw him a, play together yeah. absolutely and uh, and he was the guy uh, who who clarence clemens was was, was hugely influenced by we All comes from the same place and uh, i can remember again i must have been 20 or 21 i don't know how i ended up but i was in a hotel with you uh, <laughs> this story's going to go another way now and there <laughs> we were knocking on the door with, to, to meet Big Jay McNeely That's because right. I don't know how I brought him over to do some gigs at Andes. right. So you know, you were one of the few people in London who knew who
0: Big Jay was. That's, well, just to backtrack a little bit, he was the guy that came out of he was the the uh, opposite to Bebop because he, he he grew up with Charlie Parker and those guys, didn't he? That's and then right, and, yeah. and uh, Illinois Jacquet and those great saxophone players, and he decided to go. It, what he did was almost like the punk rock of of, of jazz. it really
1: was it really was incredible sound he was a
0: honker wasn't he Powerful, the first swinging, of the honkers swinging
1: play he yeah. was he was the first guy to get off the stage and walk the That's bar right. and walk around the room, right. room which was like cut- a rock star in his day wasn't it really? it was but it was what louis armstrong had been doing way back in new orleans years before sure
0: But anyway, tell him the the the, the big J, and then it will lead to the Clarence story of when we Clarence Clarence. I'm not not
1: sure if we can say. Can we say what we saw when we went in that room, or we probably shouldn't. I mean, we should
0: save that for part two well did say it, no, go on, go on. I can't <laughs> no no,
1: no. <laughs> I think he's still alive well, what a player and no Jay a,
0: Jay passed away about. It, he died about a year ago amazing, but he didn't have his uh, well one he didn't have his, his wig on did he <laughs> well, that's that? what I heard and it
1: wasn't that all I'll say listeners yeah. it, it wasn't just the wig he wasn't wearing no it was quite no. a revealing <laughs> yeah. uh, when the door opened there was uh, yeah. a very proud man in front of us let's just say that
0: there was but he had no shame but what a, what a sweet guy wasn't he McNeely what well, he, a sweet guy he was encouraging
1: with, guy he was responsible for my entire career and I'll tell you why people people say oh you know you already got what you got because of your dad and you know he must have opened doors and that really wasn't the case no, and no. I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly what happened is um, I, I you know I'd grown up hearing these records I saw Big J was coming to London to play the jazz cafe and uh, it was in the middle of my A-levels and I scooted off one afternoon I went up then I thought I mean this is how naive I was I thought I'll ask him for a lesson and I went along in the afternoon and I said look can I have a lesson and he said well I don't really give lessons, he said, but, you know, just play me a few things, and I've played a few things. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, look, why don't you come back tonight, and you can sit in with us. I thought, great. I was so naive and young. I went back. At quarter to eight, the band said to me, look, we don't know where Big Jay is, but word has reached us. He's in the hotel, stuck in the shower with an air stewardess. You're going to have to go on for it. <laughs> so this is a true story. So I thought, okay, fine. I was I was so naive. I went on and I played a few 12-bar blues and about five minutes into it, in walks Big J, and I see him looking at me and he was nodding his head and smiling and he got up and then we played together, then I got off and he did his show and he said to me at the end of the night, you do the next two nights with me, you can open the show for me.
0: Which venue was that
1: again? The Jazz Cafe. The Jazz Cafe, right. And in the audience that night were a couple of people from a London R&B band who were looking for a sax player and that's how I got my start. From it Big was Jay. all from th- that one night I
0: can trace the whole thing back. Do you, do you know what mate? that's incredible because what you've just said about 10 must have been 10 years before that I approached Big J when he first came I think it was his first time ever in London. He told me about you. Right. He was at the you 100 owe him Club, money. I owe him <laughs> money. He was at the Hundred Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to see him. There was him. I think that other guy, Chuck Higgins, oh, yeah. and whatever. Uh, oh, player, uh, and, he and he was, and some other blues singer, but I can't remember who it was. They bought over a package with. Yeah. Guys. Used to do. There was the money in those days to do packages. Yeah, right. So they were doing this package. Big J, Chuck Higgins, and I can't remember. I'll think of the other guy in a minute. He was a great R and B, the black wow. guy from the R and B. Now I asked Big J for lessons as well, and wow. he says, "Meet me next morning at the Camden." Uh, music machine no, no 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 what was it called the electric ballroom in Canada and right, I'm right. rehearsing with the band so I turn up and there's Nick Pentelow yeah. Frank Mead those sax they are in the section those lovely British guys at the time I was young Yeah. and Big J did the same thing he sat down with me for an hour Yeah. he says what do you know so I played that's a pretty good sound and you know what he said to me he goes what you got to get is the vibrato he right. goes get a metronome yeah put it on the beats and, and, and it was amazing so we had a similar isn't that far? I didn't uh, know that Yeah. no absolutely true but so, so Leo and I basically had a, a very fantastic but strange evening with with Clarence Clemens say that we one did. we did we we've had it. a
1: few I'm trying to think uh, which one I'm allowed to repeat Clarence was uh, how did I end up meeting Clarence I, I was involved with the fit in a film with Lisa Stansford, I was playing on the soundtrack called Swing, and Clarence was a character in this movie. He was playing the part of a, of a sax player, and we just got talking one day in, in the canteen, and we we got on. He was he's quite similar to you. He he loves talking about saxes and horns, and and we became friends. And he said to me, you know, a few things happened, and it turned the clock forward. And he's living in London, living in South London and married to an English woman. So we used to go out occasionally and hang out. We had some very funny evenings. Excuse
0: me, he was living you know, in London at the time? He was class. living in Wimbledon,
1: yeah. He married an English woman. <laughs> from Miami to Wimbledon? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> from the beaches of Florida to, to, to Wimbledon. And he lived in this in this flat and we <laughs> remember going out there once for a party. He said, I'm going to put this CD on, you're going to love it. And he put my CD on and I was so embarrassed. No, you know, well
0: you shouldn't have been. But uh, yeah.
1: anyway, so we, um, we recorded together. Yeah. We, had to, we had a wonderful time. And, we would go out in the evening, and I remember saying to you, "Come along, we're going to take Clown, We're going for ribs."
0: You phone me yep. up.
1: We're going to go for ribs. You should
0: get your ass down here. And we're yeah.
1: going to go to a couple of clubs, and we had—can uh...
0: <laughs> we say it or not?
1: We had uh, a, a, an interesting night. We had it? an
0: interesting night. I mean, all I remember about Clarence <laughs> was he, he was one—he was huge, yeah, right. Two, he was a really, really nice guy. He was massive, That's biggest sweet, human being sweet I've ever man seen. Though, wouldn't he? Sweet man, he loved what you did, and three. He bought out where we went to this club. He cracked out a big uh, um, leather pouch of cigars, and you and I loved cigars in those those days, like we still do. And he never bloody offered us one. And each that? one
1: was the size of like, a French each baguette. One, and
0: he never offered the. It cigar. would have taken us two hands just to lift it up. Oh, I know, but that's it's, yeah. So we, with the Clarence, but I was just thinking, but there was another a, a couple of stories. that one, because we can get to our stories in a bit. But what was the other story with the big well-known? Uh, no, the Norman Grant story tell him that obviously i'm thinking of all these things i'll, I'll tell you what happened right <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that the, the... vaguely yeah yeah so so leo's dad benny was uh, used to write the sleeve notes he, he uh, among his other achievements as a great author and uh, a radio broadcaster and tv presenter and i say i got to know got to be very friendly with benny he was a gentleman absolute wonderful guy i loved oh, your dad yeah, you know sweet. but i just remember that um so Benny used to write sleeve notes for Pablo Records, didn't he? And a lot of the, well, a lot of Verve. albums. Verve. That's
1: right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Verve, yeah. Who was owned by Norman Grants? who was the biggest jazz impresario, wasn't he? Yeah. Now, Norman Granz used to tour Ella Fitzgerald, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie. Yeah, he, he
1: managed Oscar Peterson. Yeah. And he, he, you say it. Funny yeah. enough, he was my sister's uh, godfather.
0: Right. Now, tell us just a little about Norman Granz when you were a kid. You met well, him, Well, it's yeah? a funny thing. Listen, as a
1: kid, he was just one of my parents' friends who, you know, it's like you'd see him four times a year, and, you know, yeah. hello, how are you, and haven't you grown? It was one of them. I didn't know who he was. Right. But all I knew is that every Christmas, I mean, Norman obviously lived in America, and then he later on lived in Switzerland. But every year, these Christmas presents would arrive from <laughs> Uncle Norman and Auntie greta and they were like ridiculous presents. I was 10, 11 years old at the time. And yeah. And the very first Sony Walkman, you know, four of them turned up for the four kids, you know, and uh, with Oud, with a, a box of cassettes, and yeah. it was just the most generous. But we're presence. talking
0: here, aren't we, about the biggest jazz impresario yeah. ever, yeah. and there'll
1: never be anyone like him. No, he was the first guy to take jazz from the clubs into concert halls. Yeah. He paid guys. He wouldn't put up with any kind of racial segregation. There you go. Uh, they travelled the yeah. south. There was he. He, would, he wouldn't have. He'd el- have
0: the black and white musicians together. He was and, colorblind. And he
1: wouldn't let any audiences be segregated. Uh, you know, if, if they wanted to hear Ella Fitzgerald or Oscar, it had to be a mixed audience. He was yeah, the first guy to do that. Yeah. And he was the first guy also who said, you know, all the black artists have to stay in the same hotels yeah. as the white I'm not having any of it. And he
0: was uh, a real trailblazer. he should get some more credit for that now, because it's a shame that that gets forgotten a little bit. And do you know yeah. one of his best pals was? Who was that? Picasso. Are you kidding? Really? Wow. Picasso.
1: So he, he had
0: all these sketches. Yeah. I mean, they're probably in a museum
1: somewhere now. You That's know, unbelievable. Incredible
0: guy. Amazing guy. But the normal so, so this is the magnitude of, of this guy, right? And I, I know about Norman Grant because I loved all the, the Verve records with Oscar Peters and Ella Fitzgerald. I love that. So I'm lying on my sofa one night. <laughs> so long, not with me. Long, not with him. No, no, no. A <laughs> long time ago. Having a bit of a chill out and I'm thinking, and I, and I get the phone and it's him. It's Leo calling. He goes, hey, right. What are you doing? I says, I'm re- relaxing. He goes, he goes uh, guess what? I says, what? He goes, Norman Grants is down this club. <laughs> with my dad and my mum right? and I'm playing a gig he goes get your ass down here and play with me I says Norman Grant so this winding me up no way he goes no honestly Norman Grant says so I, I get in the shower I put my suit on get my sacks, get down to this club now, what was it called that club Palookaville opposite Covent Garden Station yeah and we
1: all used to do it two or three times a month it That's was right. one of those gigs that it wasn't great money but we all loved playing it's it. a it The train is ground day, wasn't it they left you alone you three forty-five three 45 minute sets play what you like and that's that. Was where I learned some of the tunes, and you know, met so, some lovely guys. But
0: I get down there, and indeed, Benny's there. I says hello, Benny, and Leo's mum. Or I, I knew his, you know, we've I've grown up. We love his family. We're friends. And Norman Grants is <laughs> sitting there. So Leo says, "Get your horn out," and we played. What did we playing we A did. couple of tunes. We, did, we? Slow we, boat, did. we did slow lady, boat. We did Lady, Lady yeah. Good. We did yeah. And Norman Grants is w- watching us, and he was very complimentary. He liked it, didn't he? And yeah. he? I think he liked the fact that that younger guys were were doing all this this kind of thing. It's, 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 it was just an amazing experience that, was I've never known anything like it. Do you know, he phoned me the next day and he
1: went, he said, you've got a great sound. He said, you know, you're, like, you're gonna have a wonderful career. He said, you know, if you don't mind me saying, I think you should be playing across all the festivals in Europe. And me being not Mister and yeah, great. Can can you book me? And he went, well, I think you should probably just book yourself. Well, was he retired by that time? Yeah, he was probably like eighty
0: then. He was, he was uh, out of it. But the uh, other the other thing, why we? Because we got so much to talk about. Because <laughs> uh, this guy sitting next to me, Leo, he's but it's closer to brother to me. We, we 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 hang out all the time. We tell each other our, we <laughs> bitch and moan. We tell each other our problems, and I, I love him. And he and I admire what he does. But he's opened up so many doors for me, and uh, and closed a few. Most of you as well <laughs> but we're talking about I've, I've lost my thread but we were talking about Norman Grant's but yeah. what about the other any of the other oh I know what I wanted to say that we're talking about Benny Green as, as great as Benny was because really I, I got to know Leo even, even closer when um Benny had a road show didn't he He was going out that's right now was he writing for the Sunday I think it was the Sunday Express, Express wasn't it so say a bit tell us a bit about yeah, that what he was, was doing a, how I mean for why years, he got me on it as well you know, know
1: yeah people always think of you know associating him with jazz and with music and Frank Sinatra but he was a he was a, a critic yeah. as well and, and and would often write columns on film or TV and he had a column in the in the Sunday Express reviewing I think radio or TV and Someone had the, had the bright, bright idea that perhaps they should send him out on the road every Sunday night around the country in association with the Sunday Express doing a jazz night. So he, he came, came home and he, he hadn't been playing very long because he didn't play for 30 odd years I until remember. me and my brother yeah, started Yeah, he gave playing. it up, didn't yeah. he, to be an
0: author and a whatever the presenter. Yeah. And,
1: he, and he, so he, he just started playing again. He said, what do you think? Should, should we do it? I was about 20 at the time. And by that time he was quite old and a bit ill, so it was it was a nice thing to do with him, you know. He said, "Okay, let's." So he phoned up. Maxine Daniels came and did it. A great guitarist, Gary. Uh, what was his name? Potter. Gary Potter, the Django Reinhardt. Great. And then he said, he said, "I will do something." He said, "Call your mate Ray. Get brother." Yeah, because he guitar. just knew
0: me then, didn't he? Yeah. I barely knew him when I played. Who but else then... did it? Richard Busherkevitz did it. Richard Busherkevitz. Leon Clayton. Uh, John Piper. John Piper did it. Drums, uh, yeah. Bobby. Um,
1: Bobby Orr and Bobby Worth. That's right. Bobby Orr. Lovely swinging group. Dad would tell stories and we'd, yeah. all, we'd all play. And we did a lot of them, didn't we? What
0: I loved about Benny's thing, though, yeah, look, it was rather than, rather than it just being a gig, you know, because a lot of people back then were just doing the, the standards or whatever, but your dad would tell stories yeah. about the people he knew, like Johnny Mercer. yeah. And Norman Grants right, and Lester yeah. Young and I, I remember your dad being a lovely player. He had he really had that Lester Young thing down, and I remember he liked what I did because it was a bit. Yeah. He used to, he, he loved you as well, and he said he, oh, he always said, "Oh, oh yeah, I oh, Charlie Ventura." And he, yeah. we, we really I really got to know your dad on those things, and got to know you quite a lot as well. He he, you know?
1: he thought he was a bad player. He thought he had a very very low opinion of himself. He said, "I'm not a natural musician," you know. I don't really.
0: It's very it was. strange.
1: I thought he had a great time, great it, sound. It, and
0: he, but then then what we used to do, he used to put that show on for a, a, like a week at a time at the pizza on the that's park right. yeah, yeah but now yeah. the pizza on the park was a venue in high park corner for those who don't know it's a wonderful cabaret venue really, really good wasn't room it? Wasn't it? yeah everybody played there Blossom Deary and buddy greck yeah. like up that. but your dad would do the weeks there wouldn't that's he, right as well. yeah. weeks with, with yourself yeah yeah and we got caught to do this is your life that's what we did
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right you're right we were down there one night and he, he had no idea that was coming let me tell you
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> we ended up on This Is Your Life.
1: God, oh, yeah, I forgot
0: about that. Uh, being carted down to the BBC Studios to celebrate Benny's life, Benny Green's life. And I remember that... Uh, do, you remember, what, do you remember what
1: time we had to go down there? What time was it? Well, we did the gig, and they, they ambushed him at the gig, and then we had to go... We didn't get there till about midnight, do you not remember? I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, and there was an I'm all-star. knackered
0: an now. And I remember something, your dad says, well, let's open up with whatever it was. And I remember that my saxophone packed up. If you're talking about bad luck and the gremlins... The complete octave... Smile, was it top, Smile? Or smiles? I think it was Smile's. The top end of my saxophone completely packed up and I'm cracking notes everywhere and, and then Ronnie Scott come up afterwards and he said <laughs> He like, was sat next to you? He was sat next to me and Ronnie Scott come up afterwards <laughs> and goes, here, well <laughs> oh, hello Ray. He goes, what's that saxophone? So I told him, I said, it's an old con. I says, but the bloody octave as soon as I started playing the thing packed up I said it was like someone had it in for me and he just looked at me going oh nice <laughs> 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 that was yeah. unbelievable wasn't it? but still you know what I want to do as well is we, we, we talk about you know all these kind of stories but and I want to end it with some of the funny things that you and I have had happen in, in between us like the time I impersonated you, but we'll go to that in a minute. But before that, I just want you to tell a couple of stories about the people. Just, you know, like the uh, the, the the Jerry Lee Lewis. Tell us a little, because I know you had some hilarious ones about Jerry Lee. Well, you've mean, got to tell them. We, while we're here, you've got to tell them. It right? was it was a bizarre... Uh, the whole thing was bizarre, that's all I can
1: say. Uh, from the moment I got the call to do the gig, I'd, I'd done a couple of years with a band called the Big Town Playboys, fabulous rhythm and blues band, and I'd played at this hotel in Wales called the King's Hotel Newport I did the, that yeah. Mac used to Mac, run it so Mac phones me up yeah. hello son how are you, yeah. you know, I said yeah he said I got a question for you boy oh, yeah. he says uh, have you got long hair I'll, I'll drop the, the Welsh accent and I said so, He said, have you got long hair and I said well not especially no why he said are you working next Friday and Saturday I said no he said in that case he said I've got a gig for you down at the hotel he said I've got an American act coming in he's asked me to book a sax player but he's told me no long hair I said, okay, fine, you know, whatever. He said, it's Jerry Lee Lewis. So I thought this is fantastic, great. I love it, you know. So I phoned my dad up. I was, I was think I was nineteen years old. I just moved out of home. I said, Dad, I said, I got a call. I'm going to work with Jerry Lee Lewis. Your dad but hated rock and roll. He didn't. I tell you a funny story. And there was a silence, and he went, Jerry Lee. He said, Yeah. He said, uh, Not the guy with Dean Martin. I said, No, 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 not that one. <laughs> he said, Hang on. He said, Something about fiery balls. You know, he's totally yeah, yeah. I said that's the one, Dad. He said, "Yeah." He said, "Let me know how you get on." Well, anyway, yeah. so I, I traveled out to Wales, and uh, you know, I didn't, know, I didn't really know what to expect. There was a Welsh Welsh band there who were backing him, and they're all very nervous. And I walk in, and they're all like, uh, "Are you are you ready?" And I didn't know what was what to expect. And uh, we never met him. We sound checked. Uh, he he turned up about an hour late, sat at the piano. Didn't speak to anybody and he just started playing. We didn't know what song, what key, nothing. Didn't he say anything? Didn't say a word.
0: How'd he look at that time? Was he in
1: shape? To me, he looked like an old man. I right. say that now, but I was 19. Everyone yeah, looked like an yeah. old man. He was probably only about 58, 59. Sure. But he was a 58, 59 year yeah. old who lived a life, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so we played this gig, and to me, it was no different from being in a, in a pub in MLM's, trying to keep up with guys I didn't know, yeah. songs I didn't know. So to me, it was just, it was the same old, same old. And uh, I, I did find myself on the second night thinking, this is a bit... You know, I've gone from in, in my bedroom playing along to Great Balls of Fire to actually playing it with Jerry Lee. This is crazy. Man. And yeah. then the second night, he kept pointing at me. Blow your horn. Blow your horn. Kill. Yeah. He called everyone killer. And uh, I just I had a great time. And then the next, next night, his wife came up to me and said, listen... He hasn't had a saxophone player in the band since Boots Randolph. Wow. He'd love you to join the band. And, I, and nice. I, again, naive, went, oh, great, thinking, well, Cardiff tonight, yeah. tomorrow will be Birmingham or Newcastle or Manchester. I said, so well, so you've got, we've got some gigs next week in, in uh, San Paulo." And I, I, again, I was, oh, great, lovely, terrific. You know, Where's San
0: Paulo? I, I bet you were great. going to say, I had it. no Didn't idea. idea where
1: it was. So I went home, and I packed. <laughs> I go to the airport. I get on this plane for hours and hours. I get out the other end. And I will never forget, I'm sat on Copacabana Beach in a pair of cowboy boots and black trousers. I only took my gig clothes with me. That's how naive I was. I go back to the hotel. I had a knife pulled on me by a kid. You I, f- I phoned up up home. I said, Dad, I said, what's the football results? I was phoning home yeah. for the football results. I, he tells me, and he says, how are you getting on? I said, Dad, it's boiling here. It's baking. C- I can't cope. He said of course are you in Brazil I had no idea <laughs> I, got, I went to the airport I could have gone the brain or Brazil I did not know I was so naive now that was a crazy trip I mean I, I know we we've only got a few hours but
0: no, but, but, but tell us about the Lewis it, story because I remember you said in Brazil with the, with the doctor it, it was crazy pursuing him when he oh, went mad because we were uh, so
1: yeah he was on the methadone program which you know for people who yeah. don't know is. He had challenges with drugs, but he, he was off, all that stuff, and he was just taking it in prescribed form, you know, and... Uh, it's so, really done him harm while getting him. he's
0: still around at nearly 90. Well, he's,
1: he's still going. But <laughs> well, what happened, you know, he had all this medication on the trip, and his wife would obviously give him the pills of it. He got his hands on the pills, as far as I remember, and did did a a 10-day ten, a ten supply of medication in the first 48 hours of the trip. So he, he went crackers, he went poor barmy. guy. So I remember I, I came back into the lobby with a couple of the guys we had been out for a drink, and he, he was ranting, you're fired, he was firing everybody, people that didn't even work yeah. for him, you know. And uh, then I remember the next night, in his hotel suite, it, yeah. it must have been November because it was Thanksgiving, and we all get invited to his suite for Thanksgiving uh, dinner, and we're, he says Grace, and we all got to sit quietly and say Grace, which, you know, for me was a, a new thing. And I look up, while well, everyone's got their heads bowed saying Grace, and, and, and Mr Lewis is murmuring away, and he's, he's wearing his dressing gown. And let's just say this, it wasn't quite done up all the way. And I know that uh, he doesn't sleep in pyjamas, we're just going to say well, that. Well, as Little
0: Richard would say, let it all hang out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, yeah. And then one night we were on stage and he, he decided he wanted to have a fight on the stage the d- during right? the g- with the guitarist. So he got the, the the microphone like a lasso, was trying to whip him around the head. The guitarist has got his, his, his axe in the air and swinging. But these are two old guys.
0: What did you think about
1: all this? Well, I'll tell you what I thought. I thought this was hilarious. And then the next thing, chairs start being thrown at the stage and they, they start rioting. So... We're all crouching down, and I've gone behind the drum kit to crouch down from these. They were throwing bottles, they were throwing chairs. He's pushing and shoving the guitarist, and I was laughing. It's like
0: back in the 50s, isn't it? They I was laughing, you.
1: but what I didn't realise, Ray, is while I'm laughing, I've got a microphone on the end of my saxophone, it's picking up my laughing. <laughs> so that then, then the, the like the army guys are coming on saying, no, 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 you know, and I'm going. <laughs> Oh we were we were taken off by the army we had an escort back to the hotel this was just one night of many crazy nights
0: but didn't you say there was a story where he got tranquilized by a dart or something oh yes that's right and, and he and yelled
1: I'm, you tell us just quickly that that moment. was I think the same trip he, 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 he was crazy and the doctor came in and he had like a it was like a like a tranquilizer gun you might use on on, a, on an animal in the zoo you know and pew! And then suddenly, he just sat down in the chair. Didn't he yodel well, when he sat down on something? I oh, was didn't? always having a yodel. Y- yodel- he loved it. Y- yodel- and yodel- I can remember yodel- saying to Dave Landiardo, who was the bass player that who was with us, I said, Dave, have I just seen what I think I've seen? And Dave just laughed and went, no one will ever believe us.
0: No. Well, we've got the story he down said, down Yeah, I, mean, it, I, but I was But can let me ask, you know, all these stories, and it's fantastic telling them, because we can't go for every story. Every, because I think this is probably the, the funniest <laughs> one I've ever <laughs> heard of all the people you work with. But the point is, was he good? Well, i tell you that there is a Was he seri- good at th- the time? There
1: is a serious side because yeah. there was all this crazy stuff. But the gig itself was about, I don't know, an hour and a half of songs that I, some I didn't know. Mm. I didn't know what key, like I say. It was an amazing learning ground. And, and it's a lesson because one minute he'd be, he'd be ripping through High School Confidential
0: yeah.
1: like a punk song. And the next minute he'd be doing Somewhere Over the Rainbow.
0: Yeah. Then he'd
1: do Mix of Cali Rose. It, 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 there was no genre... He wasn't just doing rock and roll. He was, there was tunes yeah. from Broadway shows. There was jazz. Georgia, you'd do. Yeah, there was everything. Was, was the
0: voice in shape and all that sort of thing?
1: Reasonably yeah, ama- similar. Amazing voice. Yeah. And the piano sounded like the records to me. It sounded... And one night we <laughs> we were doing a gig somewhere in, in Sweden. Someone had booked him for a private do. And we were in a Chinese restaurant and they'd given him a keyboard, like a kid's keyboard. It was like not even yeah, three-quarter yeah, yeah. size. Still sounded like Jerry Lee Lewis. It was unbelievable. And... Uh, and the drummer had got drunk, the bass player had missed his flight, and it was me and him for about half an hour, just me and Jerry Jim
0: Yeah, and uh, i tell you what, he, he, he delivered. How, like, per on a personal level, how'd you get on with it? Really well. So I know he smacked, what's his name, didn't he? He punched Keith Richard. did he? No, what, what, well, who, I mean, that's not, pun- that's not exactly an exclusive <laughs> club, is it? I mean, <laughs> I, uh, you know,
1: but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I got on, I got on as well as I, I mean, it wasn't a friend. We didn't go out bowling, yeah. but uh, you know, I worked for him. He was my boss. But one night we were in uh, in Amsterdam, and we were in a, in probably his hotel suite afterwards, having a bit of a, a drink. Everyone was there, and I got talking to him. You talk, you're, you're still going, are you? I'm gonna check your recording. And yes, I was fine. talk and I was talking to him in this hotel suite, and uh, he he was very complimentary. He said, you know we were talking about Boots Randolph and I was yeah. asking him what other sax players he would work with and again you know he was—he was, he knew what he was talking about he knew, he knew all the players uh, and he knew we were talking about Junior Walker and, yeah. and some of those guys and I said to him I, I said I hope you don't mind me asking I used to call him Mr Lewis yeah know. call me killer but I, I couldn't you know and he, I said you know what was Elvis like yeah. and he stopped and I thought oh I'm going to get a smack in the head now. Yeah. and he went he said we, we were like brothers he said I love that man he said all that stuff in the paper he said yeah i went around his house with a gun
0: yeah he said but and on a lawnmower apparently he said that's on a what, mobile lawnmower
1: with a gun he said that's what southern boys do <laughs> it wasn't like an <laughs> act of aggression no. it was like you oh know, was you, very you, nice. you know when you when yeah. you were 15 you might have lobbed an egg at your mate's window for a laugh that's what that's the equivalent he said i love that man he said but so he said of course we went mad he said what do you expect he said if everyone tells you you're god every day of your life from a teenager, he said, "You're going to go mad." He said, "Of course, we went mad." He said, "But I miss him every day," and he
0: he talked about him like yeah. you would talk about a, a real friend. And lucky, you know. he, lucky wasn't he, he? Hasn't been a Lewis hasn't been really a rock and roll casualty because he's still no. he's still going. I mean, he was gigging up until
1: yeah. the last year or so. That's I mean,
0: sure. the other one you worked with just briefly
1: because we, we uh, was Little Richard, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, we did was, a brief
1: stint with him, didn't you? Yeah, that was in in, uh, in Sweden and Norway. It was a package. Jerry Lee and, and Little Richard I mean what would I give to go at that as a punter now unbelievable and uh, we did we, you know again there was no rehearsals we got up and he had. He did have a band with him but he didn't have horns so it was me and I think what, a couple of the other guys and after the gig I went to see him. again I didn't yeah. meet him till after the gig <laughs> and I went to see him he ain't little either is he seriously no he's, he's a quite tall a chunky gu- guy he's
0: quite a chunky guy
1: tall guy and I, tall I was quite disappointed with the gig because <laughs> he had a guy at the back of the stage on a keyboard doing the high uh, right hand stuff but he was old you know But the voice was incredible and I went to say thank you very much and uh, weirdly all I had on me was my passport so I wanted him to get his his autograph, I was a kid you know and he said did you enjoy my show and I said yeah I really did, I think he thought I was a punter he didn't know who I was and he said did you enjoy it I said yeah I had a great time he said would you like my book and I thought of course I love love your book. (laughs) thinking he's written an autobiography and he pulled out a bible Give you the Bible. so not only is he giving me the bible he thinks it's his book okay. he thinks he's written it so he wrote on my passport i tell you this I, he wrote on my passport dear leo yeah. god loves and cares for you sincerely little richard now of course i'm panicking because you're not supposed to really write on a passport i thought i might get a little squint that's what he wrote on my passport
0: god loves and cares Unbelievable. for you anyway you but, know the, the figures with his when we were talking here mate it's not about name dropping you've actually done these things right and people are very interested but I just want to know know, because you've just tell us you've got to say before we get to a couple of other things (laughs) I've got to know about the Sinatra because this man actually met Frank Sinatra didn't you? Well that was I mean you know I look back now I think think did that happen you know it was uh, it was
1: the first time I was really aware that my dad was Known to anyone outside the house, because I, it, you met him. He was the most unshowbiz bloke you'd ever meet. He was just dad, right? So, I was about 15 or 16, and we'd gone to the Albert Hall to see Frank Sinatra, who I was a, obviously a huge fan of. And we we're sat in our seats waiting for this show to start, and I see this guy walking up the uh, the aisle, Bobby Robson, who at the time was yeah. the England, England football manager, and he was, you know, he was, it was, he was a huge, huge name. And I'm, I said, Dad, Dad, I'm, it's Bobby Robson, it's England football, man. I was a kid, you know. And this guy walks up the aisle and he comes up to my dad and says, hello Benny. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? And he says, I, I love the show last week, he said, that that track you played, I love that album, Two of a Kind, he was talking about this, Johnny Mercer, Bobby Darin yeah. album. I'm thinking, what? why is the England manager talking to my dad? And that's the first night I thought, hang on, what, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. And that night, we, we sat through the Sinatra show which was just like, I can remember it to this day, incredible. And then Dad says, Let, let's go out, you want to go and say hello to me? I'll go back afterwards, you see. So we go back, we're in this room at the backstage at the, at the, at the Albert Hall, and they were all milling around and suddenly in, in walks Frank Sinatra, it was like it was like being on a movie set. And he came over and he was talking to my dad about um, Jimmy Van Hewsen and all these songwriters. And, and he turned to us and he said, uh, he, the dad said, these are my, my kids. And, he said, oh, hey, kids. He said, uh, I hope you're not giving your old man a hard time. Did he say that? Yeah, and then off he went.
0: Unbelievable. And that was it, yeah. How did he look at the time?
1: Well, again, like I say, everyone looked old to me yeah. then. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he sang inc- I mean, I'm, I'm still... But he was a
0: friend of your dad's, wasn't he? Well, Your he, dad he, ate with him in the 60s, didn't he? And little, yeah, you know, he, he did. He re- went the Savoy Sinatra
1: recorded an album in the 60s called Sonata Sings Songs of Great Britain. It was all British songwriters. I know the album. Like it's Noble, incredible. But things and, like The Gypsy... And, and Nightingale Sang at yes, Barthes Square yeah. and wonderful songs. And he asked... Uh, my dad helped him pick the songs. And he'd read some of dad's sleeve notes and said, well, I'd like you to write the sleeve notes for... A new album called Sinatra's Sinatra, and it was all Sinatra's favourite songs that he'd selected, yeah. and he got Dad to write the the essay that went with it. So they, they, you know, I mean, after Dad died, we found going through his stuff, we'd find, you know, like a like a letter from Frank Sinatra and a, yeah. and a, and a, and a Christmas card from Peggy Lee. It was uh,
0: well, talk just talk about that. while we talk I mean, all, that's incredible for Sinatra. It's in your blood, all that. But you know, I don't want to bring this up now. But I was at Benny's or you know. Me too. Ter- <laughs> you, you too. <laughs> it's a terribly that, that, terribly sad affair. I, I, Played? Do you remember? You got me to made play. It with made it, made it worse. <laughs> and there was Tommy Whittle, weren't there? Bobby or Oh uh, yeah. We, we played Tommy, the sort yes. of eulogy for for Bernie. And uh, in the front row was Tony Bennett. Yeah. He'd yeah. flown over oh. on Concord which oh, was man. still. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. He'd he's... flown over specially to to pay respects to your dad. He, he said that. um I didn't realise you at the time. I
1: didn't know. He, oh, t- oh. he said to me, if it wasn't for your dad, no one would know who I was. Over, here. he was the first guy to, you know, play on the radio and talk about him and celebrate him. You know
0: unbelievable mate I remember, I remember yeah. we got but just, just um, we, we could tell a couple of stories but there's one I want to tell we can't say who it is does this mean anything to you when I say um, let's go eat pizza with the mafia
1: what does that mean to you oh my goodness me can you, you tell see, it the trouble with you you is you know too much
0: I know a lot and that we can't, was, we can't Leo and I can't make b- no b- bizarre you. no
1: I can't t- say who but no. that was the most but it's a massive star yeah. go go on. one of the biggest stars in the world and I don't know how we ended up in this situation like i don't know how i ended up in a hotel room once with Jerry lee lewis saying grace for, yeah. for, for thanksgiving dinner all but richard, i did or little richard giving you a bye. you know but we were in a situation the back of a taxi with with a certain uh, incredible star wonderful artist and this artist said to the driver take me to where the, the Matthew pizza." is yeah, that what he said he did it was and, the three of us And the weird, it? that's right and yeah. the weird thing was do you remember what the driver said he, oh, I know what you mean. He knows who you mean straight away. And it was somewhere in.
0: in you West and I were looking at each other, thinking this is some kind
1: of setup. We ended up in, the, in one of those situations again. We can't say who or what. But, no. But there. But I know. I will tell you something, Raymond. There was. Someone pulled a gun someone out. Someone pulled they? a gun out. Not not on us. They just th- showed th- us. There was a, there was a situation, and we had to. Yeah. Not only do we have to get out there, pretty smartish, but you and me had to go back and make amends and and say. an apology To some heavy we characters. We did. Do you know why?
0: We? Because the star uh, uh, knew these people and he was um drunk and he lost his he didn't lose was his it r- he or she i can't we can't we say we can't say but whoever it was <laughs> it gl- lost lost their rag and with we, the people and you and i i remember we had to go back we, we found out who one of the You're people right. was associated with and we had to go do you remember that do you know that we were oh, sitting around eating this. pizza at the upstairs restaurant we can't say where it is we no. can't give too many clues no you can't but it was actually scary and leo and i were we were half laughing weren't we do you yeah, remember that we, was, were, we were half laughing and um, the, the, the star, um, this wasn't a celebrity, this is a real star, you oh, know, yeah, a proper yeah, star yeah. of the music world. And he, um, he lost his kind of rag with these people. And they, um, they kept, what I remember was, instead of them getting cross and arguing back, they were just, it's like They okay. were smiling, do you remember? They were smiling, don't worry, yeah. don't worry, like that, right? Then there was a mixture of Italian, British Italian people and real Cockneys as well. Um, I remember the guy that got the the gun out and put it on the table. It's actually a very nice guy. And he wasn't smiled. He just put it out. Just, just put it out. Put it on
1: the table. Yeah. So
0: you. So when did we go back? A week
1: later. We went back a few days later just to sort of say, oh, oh, thanks guys, we appreciate. What that. did they?
0: Did they say they appreciate it? Yeah, we just went back and said, yeah, no. God, oh no man, problem. I remember you and I went back. So let's just. Yeah, oh, we've been through some. We've been through times. So. You know what, mate? This is probably one of the best podcasts <laughs> I've done. And when people listen to it, I, I don't think they're going to believe it. It's, it's. I believe. But, but while we we're talking about all that business and. And that, but let's see. Leo and I have got a lot of history. We've we've hung out together for years. We've never had a cross word. Right? No. We we sit here, and smoke cigars, and, and grumble, as I've said. But we've also got some funny stories, hilarious stories we've done together. Um, one was I mean, do you remember when we went to New York together and we saw <laughs> Illinois Jacquette's big band at the tavern on the yeah, Green? Yeah, I do
1: remember that. Yeah. And yeah. this
0: idiot and I shared a room. I don't know what you're talking about. And I remember, we arrived in New York and we got suited and booted to the nines completely and we ended up walking to the Tavern on the Green and the coldest night I've remembered in my life do you remember it was bitter it was bitter cold and we I don't even think we had enough we we didn't prepare for it and I remember you know trying to look smart stepping off the sidewalk in New York and stepping on a it was what I thought was the pavement it was ice and my foot went through (laughs) Literally up well, to my it knee. It wasn't the first time you put your foot in it. Thank you. In freezing water. Oh. And I was having to dry... When we arrived at the gig, I was so I That's was so soaked. Funny. I was having to dry my socks underneath the dryer. You were laughing at me. Very, very
1: funny, yeah. We've had some moments.
0: We've had some moments. So I remember we ordered... But we woke up. We both had jet lag. And this idiot, Leo, he looks at me He says, Can you sleep? I says, I says no, I'm awake like you, you idiot. We ordered a plate of bagels. We did. Smoked salmon and cream cheese bagels.
1: Oh, I remember it arrived and I'd never seen anything like it. No first or second trip to America,
0: that it was a bagel the size of, of, a, of a wheel on a car. At you know? four in the morning, we, we did that. And I remember we was crazy. We were only young. And you <laughs> threw a lump of smoked salmon. No, in. that wasn't me. That and was, no. it, or I might have. The st- other anyway, me. this lump of smoked salmon stuck on the ceiling. <laughs> and we forgot about it. It stuck on there. And we were laughing. And the next night, as I was halfway through the night... I thought you'd been attacked <laughs> by a bat. Do you yeah, this thing splattered on the <laughs> head. There's a, a bat in here. But the other funny I mean we got a load of funny stories and I'll get to, to in, in, in a minute before we have to close off but there was one that I remember when you called me up and you said um, we've got the big breakfast do you want to come down and do the big breakfast <laughs> who, who was it was Gabby Logan Gabby Rosett Gabby, Gabby Rosset. Rosset and Chris Chris Evans wasn't it I don't think it was Chris Evans wasn't no Chris Evans it was who uh, was the guy who took over from him does the radio now Are Johnny you? Vaughan it was Johnny Vaughan yeah so he you phoned me up and you said we got the big breakfast. We've got to get up at like four in the morning and get there by six or something. And it's Bill Clinton's birthday. That's right. And they want us to play a fanfare on the saxophone. They want with us Bill to play the, the
1: national anthem also,
0: American national anthem. American on the saxophone. Because Nas- he played the stars and stripes. Because Bill played the saxophone. So we went down there. Do you remember? Yeah, they didn't. They were quite. Um, they didn't give us the whole story, did they? They didn't give us the whole story, because we thought it was just... Leo thought it was just me and him. And we were going to link it. And what we wanted to do, we were self-publicists like we are now, and we thought we'd grow. He says, it's great for us, right? We'll get our faces on the TV. We'll dance around a bit. We'll play this.
1: We get there. This is before YouTube and the internet. There are only four
0: channels. And how many... Sa- there was they, They'd hired 30 saxophone players. With a saxophone choir. Saxophone their- choir. And then they, we got this guy handing out parts. Do you remember? We got oh. Let's read parts on live TV. Oh yeah, I've done this arrangement on the train of it. <laughs> and we were really pissed off.
1: Oh, kidding. So,
0: do you want me to tell the story of what you did? <laughs> he, he pulled- you pulled the best stroke I've ever heard. Shall I tell it? You can tell it if you want. Alright. So, what he does is, so we're fed up that there's all these other sex room players. And all of a sudden, we had a bit of breakfast, bacon and eggs and whatever, and they're all sitting <laughs> in this this uh, green room tent. And Leo walks in. Now I wasn't aware he's was gonna do this, and he said, lads, lads! <laughs> Cause we did a rehearsal, we did a bit of filming, then it was the fanfare at the end. He says, Oh, uh, we're no longer required, we can all go home. We've done our bit, and all the lads, all your musicians, you know, typical musicians, go, oh, bloody great, oh we can all none of us were being paid. Oh, we can all go home, come on, lads. He goes, Yeah, 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 we can all go, don't worry. So he winks at me, everybody leaves, and it's just me and him left. <laughs> I said, so we've got, we got the last shot, Then Come on. Well, you scanned it completely. It was just you and, you and I. You me got yeah. the credits. That's right. Honking we got away, credits, I remember. And everybody had gone home. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I'll tell you what. Yeah. we on that story. I mean, we've got a load of these stories, right? But I think my favourite one, because people have always said we look alike. In fact, once yeah. I was playing with you years ago, they always think we're brothers. Years ago, and someone came up and they went, what a wonderful saxophone thing. It's father and son. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I don't know who they thought was who. But t- t- what about the one where I impersonated you on a gig? Yeah, I don't know how that came what about. What happened I, about that? I, I, I think I was double booked or something.
1: And I said to Ray, you know, you're going to have to, you want to do a gig? Yeah, I'll do a gig for you. What is it? And I didn't tell him till he got, got there. It was, it was a private do, but they expected me to turn up.
0: Yeah, you had booked a band. Yeah. I, I th- I so he phoned to... me up and said, "Can you, um, I've, I've double booked myself. Can you come as me? Could you actually right. come... So I says, well, I'll give it a go. So I put my suit on. I turned up. And do you know what? Nobody was any of the wiser. And I had this woman coming up. He goes, oh, do you know what, uh, Leo? Um, and she looked at me like I looked a little <laughs> bit older. Because I'm... <laughs> How old are you now? I'm ten years older than you and I. So I'm Always, been. always. <laughs> And the woman looked at me and she sort of squinted her eyes and went, like, "Is it really him?" Yeah. And she went, "I knew your father, you know." that she's telling me all this family oh, yeah. history, and I'm just nodding, and I got away with it.
1: Yeah, to this day, I got away with impersonation. I, I wonder if she's you. listening
0: now, that lady. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah.
1: So, what, what, anything else? I'll talk about anything you like. I mean. Um... Yeah, it's certainly been busy the last uh, 20, 30 years of playing and, and booking and absolutely, yeah, and yeah, and doing, yeah, doing other things. You know, I've always, I've always believed that, you know, th- the phone doesn't ring. You have to get out and do it, and don't wait for anyone. And no, you know, and I think I'm always of the opinion if if I don't do it, someone else will. So if you want to yeah. do the gig, play or whatever, you've got to you've got to get out there and do it. Well, you know? we've
0: both both pushed forward, you know. But where can they see you now, playing and that sort of thing? You well, know, I'm, what I'm
1: always gigging. I'm doing a couple of nights, and I'm doing what am I doing? I'm doing the, the Pizza Express. In March, I think it's the 28th or the 26th of that Saturday. We're doing two shows that night, early show and a late show. That that'd be a lot of fun. So we still, we, you know, I still play clubs and and I'm uh, always gigging somewhere. You
0: know. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. You're you're a very self-motivated guy. But what you've got is as well. You've got your dad's. You don't just play. You've got the rack and turf side. I love talking is, about
1: this stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, it, it gives, you know, so many of these
1: tunes and songs people have heard a million times. But if you. If you share the stories of how they came to be, it gives, it gives them a different uh, content. You know?
0: and, and you know what, as well, you still, you know, as, as much as the ups and downs and hardships of this business, and it is hard, because, you know, I'm it's on the grassroots. It's brutal. It can be a brutal game, and it's not gotten it e- easier. But the point is that you, you, you've always retained a love of music. You're always telling. You, yeah. you, and you know what, as well, rather better than what I do, you always keep a lookout for new talent. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah I like always to, yeah. you know new new people on the scene and you've, you've kept that love of it and that's incredible mate honestly you know oh, it's incredible I, I think it's because like you know you've said before
1: no matter who or what you are where you're going every gig every week every night it's like starting from the from the start line again it is no matter yeah. who you are what you do so yeah. you, unless you go at it 110 percent yeah you're going to come off second best
0: and mate I'll tell you what we're, you're still out there and that's amazing you know and still got the, your think with all these pies the BBC and all that kind of thing but it's been great to have you on this podcast oh, mate oh, and uh, he's yeah. one of my best friends in the world this guy and I, oh, we really hope you've enjoyed it and I'll tell you what we'll do a part two with the uncensored stories we should do How part about, two and three because <laughs> we've got some things we can't really talk about at the moment Leo thanks very much mate oh.